All right. Well, hey, good morning. Welcome to Horizon. I mean, where else on the globe are you going to start your church service with the devil went down to Georgia? I mean, holy cow, right? And, and such great musicianship and vocals. Um, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Ryan Ventura, and I direct our student ministries here. So I work with our fifth through twelfth graders. Uh, along with a great team and a a lot of volunteers, so it's a lot of fun. Um, But I get the pleasure of joining you guys today as we keep exploring um, this series of Well Connected. Um, And and today in particular, we're going to keep going. During my career, I've had the pleasure of knowing a few guys that own Chick-fil-A's. Anybody here like Chick-fil-A? Right, like we all do. I mean, it's a shame it's not open after church. I mean, it's hard. Um, But as I knew Daniel and Scott, like Chick-fil-A does so many things really well. Um, But one of the things that they started doing recently was what they called the backstage tour, where you could sign up and they would take you into their kitchen. You know, the places maybe other restaurants hide (laughs) from the health inspectors. Um, And Chick-fil-A would take you back there and show you how they did everything and just kind of reveal it all. And and as we go through this series, that's kind of what we're trying to do with our mission statement of Horizon, is pull back the curtain and kind of show you why we do what we do and what our hopes are for that. Um, So today as we explore our mission statement, which again is to comfortably connect people to God through the Bible and a community of Christ followers. And we've been talking about that over the last few weeks, right? And today we're really going to focus in on that idea of comfortably connecting to God or being connected to God. And as we've been doing, I'm going to invite some friends up that can share with you, okay? So it's Mike and Simon Pazzo, father and son duo. Give them a big hand. Come on up here, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Simon. And the thought here is, you know, it's it's easy for the guys who are paid to be on stage and talk about God to tell you, hey, you should connect with God, right? You should connect with each other in the Bible. Um, but we, we want to give you some examples of real people that are just like you, um, that aren't in this paid ministry thing, um, that have this experience. So Mike, so Mike is like many of you all, he's a, a professional in our community. Uh, you've got a, a busy job, a demanding job, you've got a full family, um, friends, all the priorities of life. Like why have you found it um, important to connect with God and then maybe as a busy dad and, and, again, professional, like how have you incorporated that into your life? Sure. Um, well, the, the first part of that question is really easy um, because I can't do it on my own. Um, I, I really need Jesus in my life to be able to accomplish all that and manage all that. Um, my wife probably said it best after we, uh, I guess, had a what I would call discussion, disagreement. She might have called it an argument. Um, but... <laughs> She said that her most important relationship was with Christ, and uh, my selfishness got in the way, and I was a bit offended when she said that. But, but I realized that I'm a better father, a uh, better supervisor, a better employee, a better husband when I'm in a good relationship with Christ. So um, I think that's important. The second half is, is more difficult, um, but I really need to be in the Word. Um, and I'm not good at separating private time out for just myself to be in the Word. I try and I struggle, um, but I do try and bring it into my everyday life wherever I'm at. So I have a Bible study that I do at work um, with some other men in my personal life. I have a, a Bible study that I do with them. Um, my wife and I, in our relationship, we get to teach the students here at Horizon, um, which we really enjoy. Um, we're also reading a book together and um, 
I'm still on the first chapter. It's been about four months, so, but we're going to get to it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, last, as a family, we serve down at the City Gospel Mission. Um, so it's really living our life um, in a way that we're, we're always connected with Christ. Okay, so it's not just this like one or two hour moment a week where mm-hmm. you, you connect with God and, and kind of move on from there. It's more integrated. Right. Yeah. Well, Simon, so Simon, you're an eighth grader at Nagel. Yes. Uh, I have a daughter there, and I know that she is very busy. So our students are more busy today than they've ever been, right, with obligations and sports and academics and all of that, Simon. Um, and I know you have, uh, you're a Christ follower. So like why as a student have you found that important? And then maybe like how do you do that in the midst of homework and schedules and sports? Um, I find it important to connect with God because I, I don't have a job, but I have a busy day. Um, and I just need to find a way to have a peace in my day where I can just focus on the important things of life. And that's where things like volunteering, like I work down at the East Station on Sundays, and that's where it can all tie into your day and help you feel closer to God. Very cool. Nice. Yeah, so, so both of you, a quick question. So there's, again, there's folks sitting out here who are in your shoes. They're, they're dads, they're moms, they're professionals. Um, there's students out here right now, Simon, like what advice might you give to somebody who's, you know, just exploring this idea of connecting to God, Mike? Well, I think, I think really, um, number one, don't give up because, um, you know, every time I set a goal for myself or some way where I'm going to try and connect more, um, I fail and I end up three weeks later that I haven't read my Bible. Um, but, and then try and connect in everything that you do, um, make it a part of your everyday life. Very cool. Yeah, and Simon, how about you, buddy? Um, I would say that it doesn't matter what you do to serve. Um, if it helps you connect to God better, then do it. I mean, if you serve better down maybe in the city just helping people, then do that. If you read your Bible every night and connect to God, then do that. But if you're connecting with him and helping people get to Christ with it, then you're doing the right thing. Nice. So, Simon, you had a pretty cool experience recently with your brother, and I was there. Um, so do you mind talking about that for just a second? Uh, yeah, I got baptized in June, and I had my brother baptize me. And um, that was just a great experience because it not only got us closer together as a family, but it also got me closer to God. And part of the reason I decided to do it was I was baptized when I was about two years old, And I decided to do it again under my own decision because I felt that I needed to make a choice to God, not just something that I couldn't agree on. Very cool. Nice. Well, thank you guys. You guys are an awesome family in our ministry, and and Amanda and Augie are great too. So family of four, all just as great as these two. But thank you for sharing. Thanks for the ways that you serve us at Horizon, the ways you serve students and families. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Well, thank you. Yeah. Great job. Great job. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you to those guys. It's not easy to hop up here on stage and kind of share. Um, If you're not used to it, it, it's not even easy when you are used to it, honestly. Um, So thank you guys for sharing and good stuff. Uh, well, Well, as we've been talking about, we're continuing to explore the mission of Horizon. And today is no different. We're looking at this idea of connecting comfortably with God. Um, And today I'm going to share with you five truths that have been helpful for me as I think about um, connecting with God myself. 
And the band, they set us up really well for this, right? Like they play these great songs. And the first song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, um, makes me think that some of us connecting with God is like this epic battle in the cosmos, you know, where there's the, the good side in the world and there's the bad side, a little angel on one shoulder, a little devil on the other. And sometimes we listen to the angel and sometimes we listen to the devil, right? Um, and for others of us, connecting with God is more spiritual, like that spirit in the sky song that they sing. And we more feel our connection to God and it's emotional and we, we connect with art and beauty and, and music. And for some of us, it's more like the Michael Buble song, right? Where it is like coming home. That when we connected with God and we first started that, it, it felt like coming home. And like we were becoming the truest version of ourself. Well, no matter where you are on that scale, if anywhere, um, I, f- I found that the first truth of connecting is this. That, that we long to hear the voice of a greater power to help us find more understanding and purpose in our lives. And you see that, right? Like think about culture and history I mean, think of the last 25 years, like how many movies and stories and books have been written about connecting to aliens or, you know, wizards or people from the past or the future. Like we are just dying to connect with this stronger and greater power, right? And I don't know if you've heard this, but in Australia right now, there's a thing going on. It's called Breakthrough Listen, right? And they're going to throw up a picture of that thing. I don't know if you can see the scale of that, but it is massive. And what it is, is they raised $100 million and they built the world's largest satellite dish. And it's just a microscope trained at the heavens, right? And it is 50 times stronger than any device that's ever existed for that purpose. And gang, it is so strong that it can hear the million closest stars to the earth. Anything comes out of that, it's going to hear it. It's even stronger. It can hear the hundred closest galaxies to our Milky Way. And it's listening constantly. And, and thankfully, in my opinion, nothing has come back yet. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Like, I don't want anything back from space. I don't know about you. Um, but imagine if it did. Imagine if the pandemonium that would break out on our world, if something came back and something was trying to make contact with us. Well, as we start this talk today, I want to start with a question. What if it already happened? Like, what if we've already heard a voice from the sky? What if we've already heard a a spirit from the skies like we sang about? And and I'm not talking about the crazy alien shows on the Discovery Channel where aliens built the pyramids. And um, I don't think it was that kind of visit. I, I think it was far less sensational in the moment, or it felt far less sensational. It was just a baby boy born to a peasant girl. It was just a short life, lived over 33 years. And it was a sacrifice that has been reverberating for the last few thousand. What if the voice of God has spoken, right? Like, what if he's spoken? Like, wouldn't you want to know, right? Like, what if he keeps speaking? Like, might he have some thoughts and some wisdom to offer us as we seek meaning and purpose in our lives? Um, I I think so. And and I want to start us with the verse today. And it's out of the book of Jeremiah. So it's God and he's speaking um, through a prophet to us. And he says this, he says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. So God's saying, hey, call to me and I'll answer and I'm going to show you stuff you don't know. Well, I don't know about you, but the stuff I don't know column in my life is pretty big. (laughs) There's a lot in that column. There's a lot of things Ryan doesn't know. Like sign me up for teaching me things, God. Um, And connecting can be that easy, right? Right. I don't know if you've come across this show, but it's the possibly the cheesiest um, 
idea for a TV show ever, and it is called God Friended Me. Anybody check that out yet? Okay, uber cheesy. It's a CBS show, and there's a character named Miles. And Miles grows up in a Christian home, and he grows up, though, and he becomes an atheist. And he really owns that identity. He's got a blog. He's got a podcast. He's Miles the Atheist, okay? And one day, he's walking out of a meeting, and his phone dings, like our phones often do. And you guessed it. There's a friend request from God, right? Like, cheesiest idea ever. And Miles... What the heck? He clicks it, and God sends him, you know, God in quotation marks, sends him on all these journeys, and he helps people and things, um, and, and he connects. But wouldn't it be crazy if connecting with God was that easy, right? Like, it's like that Facebook friend request you get from your high school friend, and you're like, oh, I remember him, and sure, and you connect, and, you know, you can LOL at God's funny vacation pictures, and, you know, he can send you, you know, like, smiley face, you know, emojis when your kid's first day of school picture pops up there. And, you know, you message back and forth. Um, well, well, in some ways, it is that easy. And, and, right, I could talk about that for a while, too. Um, but if we're honest, we know it's really, for many of us, it's really not that easy, right? And, and even if we're honest, for some of us, the idea of connecting with God is more complicated. It's complex. And some of us even have doubts. Like, is it even possible? Is it naive to think that I could connect with the God of the universe? Well, if that's you, and I've been there, um, let me tell you one thing, that we love you at Horizon. That literally one of our phrases, one of our catchphrases is, Horizon, yours to explore. (laughs) Right? Like that is in our DNA. Like you are welcome. Come check it out. Um, Because the second truth of connecting that I've found is that sometimes... We need to connect with God at our own pace, and that's okay. That unlike us, God is never in a hurry, right? Like he's not driven by time and deadlines, right? And and for some of us, connecting with God happens really quickly. And and many of us, maybe we connected with God early on in life, and and it's been just like that forever. And and others of us, though, the journey has been slower, and connecting has been a slow and gradual process, maybe over time. But what I would ask you is, like, are you on the journey at all? <laughs> Do you have a pace at all of connecting with God? Or, or is your pace more like my marathon pace, which is I don't run marathons, right? <laughs> uh, what's your pace right now? Well, Nicodemus um, had a pace, okay? And, and let me set this up. I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Um, as we're thinking about this idea, I want to share a story with you. So there's a man in the Bible who encounters Jesus. And it's nighttime, and Jesus has had a busy week. Okay, so he's, he's relaxing. Um, early on in John, Jesus, he's at a wedding, and he, he changes water to wine, like foot water to wine. Um, the next day, he's at the temple, and it's really, they're selling things and, and making a holy place unholy. So he drives everybody out with a whip and flips over tables um, and that kind of stuff. Um, but this night, it's kind of relaxed. And Jesus is at home, or somebody's home probably. And you can imagine he's with friends because he was social. And there comes a knock at the door, okay? Um, and Jesus goes to answer it. And we can imagine he knows who it is because he's Jesus, right? Um, and it says this. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. What we need to know about Nicodemus here is that he is on the ruling council. So he, in essence, is like a Supreme Court justice for the the Jewish people. So he would have been educated. He would have been wealthy. He would have been powerful. um, He would have been influential. 
And, and he had definitely heard about the water to wine thing, because news travels fast in a small town. And he certainly had heard about the temple thing. He was probably a little salty about that still. Um, and, but he wants to check out Jesus, right? Like he wants to just find out, like, what's this about? Um, what's he into? And he goes to visit him, and he visits him at night, right? Like he doesn't have the courage to come and, and check him out in the daytime. And again, I, I relate with that, that there's parts of me that struggle and have struggled over my life to connect with God and then wanted to take it at my own pace. And God is, is fine with that. And Nicodemus is on the journey. And as they talk, he says this. It says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus is kind of buttering up Jesus here, like we do, right? Like imagine when you're talking to your boss, right? And you're, you're slipping in the compliments and your hair looks nice. And, um, he's buttering up Jesus. I, I don't get that from my, from my uh, employees. Um, he's buttering him up, but he's got these questions, right? And, and they go on and they talk about life and they talk about faith. And, and Jesus shares these really deep truths that are confusing about being reborn and just different things like that that just throw Nicodemus off. And Jesus even shares with them the most popular verse ever. And maybe you've heard it. Um, it was under Tim Tebow's eyes at one point. And, you know, you'll see it on billboards. And it's John 3.16. Okay? And you guys maybe know this. Half of you maybe even be able to quote it possibly. Um, but he's interacting with Nicodemus. Again, man to man. They're having a conversation. And he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right, we're familiar with that. We know it, some of us maybe. Um, well, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, Nicodemus, you're here, you're asking me questions. Well, here's the deal. Like, God loves you a whole lot, and he sent me so that you could know me and, and hear from me, right? And it's this powerful verse, probably the thesis of Jesus's ministry. Um, and you would imagine that the next verse is like, Nicodemus falls down and starts worshiping Jesus, right? And the stars open up, and there's angels and fireworks. Um, but you would, you'd be incorrect that... That's not the next thing that happens. The only other words that Nicodemus utters in this whole encounter are these. He says, how can these things be? How can these things be? Right? Like, I, I don't know if I'm ready, I'm ready to buy that quite yet, Jesus. He's confused. He's not, he's not sure about it, right? And, and I have to wrestle with why. I mean, think about it. Like, I love that this story is in the Bible. Because if you were writing the Bible to just trick people into belief, you would never put a story in there where God, Jesus, explains it all to somebody, lays it out on a silver platter, and the guy says, nah, baby, nah. Like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying it, right? Um, but that's what Nicodemus does. And, and we have to wrestle with why. And I have to wrestle with why. Like, why do I hear the invitation to connect with God daily and, and give it kind of a... I don't know. I mean, it's really tantamount to like hearing the Beatles perform Let It Be for the first time or yesterday and just shrugging your shoulders. Like, that's pretty good, right? Or, or watching Da Vinci paint the last brushstroke of the Mona Lisa and going, meh, it's, it's okay. You know, it's all right. Like, that's what Nicodemus does. He looks deep into the eyes of Jesus and gives it a meh. Well, it was, I think about why I think of one word and it's belief. That the, the third truth I want to share with you is that the first hurdle of connecting is belief. And, and really in two ways. Like, hey God, can I believe that you're real? Like, are, are you really real? And, and can you be trusted? Are you good? 
Like, those are the two struggles of belief. Um, and, and as you think of Nicodemus' visit that night, those are the central questions to his visit. Like, hey, Jesus, are you the Messiah? People have been looking for the Messiah. Others have come and, and not been the Messiah and let us down. And then can you be trusted? Like, what are your motives here, Jesus? Like, are they political? Or are you trying to take our power from us? Why are you here? Because connecting is tough, and it can come at a cost, right? We've learned that in our society. You get lots of emails every week that you delete because you know that is not that person. Um, There's challenges to connecting. And and it is the same here with Nicodemus, where he's not quite willing to connect. And and I think it's this. I think sometimes the, the facts of our life, which can be hard and can be complicated... Again, whether we have a full bank account or empty bank account, life can be hard. And the questions that arise from those facts, sometimes that doesn't equate with a good and loving God. Like our minds struggle there. Um, One of the great joys I have is I get to hang out with high school students, right? Like I've been doing this for over two decades. And a few months ago, I was having lunch with one of the guys that I know really, really well. And we're talking... And uh, he's sharing some of the things going on in his life, and there's some things that are just hard, right? And, and we're, we're talking, I'm eating a burrito, I think, if I remember. And uh, he says, hey, hey, Ryan, how can I believe that there's a, a God when there's so much pain in my life? Right? And, and that's the kind of question where you eat more of your burrito because you don't want to answer it right away, right? Like, give me a second here. Um, but what he was really saying was like, hey, Ryan, the facts of my life right now are causing me to struggle believing the things that my heart really believes, that God is good and he's real, but the, the facts are hard. That, that was his hurdle. And for Nicodemus, his hurdle was belief. Like, does God exist? So what I would ask you right now is, like, what is your hurdle? Like, is your hurdle today belief? Like, when you, are you struggling with, like, hey, if I pray, am I talking to the ceiling? Like, is it, is God real? Um, for others of us, our hurdle um, it might be fear, right? Like, hey, if I connect deeper with God, am I going to become one of those really weird Christian people who are over the top and annoy me? Like, is, is that going to happen? Um, or, or maybe your hurdle is time, where you're like, you know, I am 25 years into my career. I've got children. I've got a mortgage payment. Like, I have no time to connect with anyone, anything, or any entity. Like, there, there's no time to connect with anybody. Or maybe your hurdle is past wounds, right? Like if we're honest, there's people in the room right now that have been wounded by the church and have been wounded by well-meaning or not, not so well-meaning, even Christians, right? Well, no matter what your wound is, here's what I would ask you is, when's the last time you took a run at that hurdle, <laughs> right? Like when's the last time you, you even wrestled with that thing that is a hurdle for you and connecting with God? Like, how long has it been on the doubt shelf? Where when you think about God and that relationship, you go, yeah, but that thing, right? And it's collecting doubt dust over there. Um, well, I'd challenge you to take a page out of Nicodemus's book and, and give it a run, right? Like, wrestle with whatever your hurdle may be. For me, I think about 10 years ago, uh, Becky and I, we came back from a vacation, Hilton Head vacation. We love Hilton Head. Um, And we come back, and my parents text me, which was cute, because it was like 2010, and they were just texting, so it was kind of cute. And they're like, hey, we need to meet right away. Um, And I'm like, this is weird. Like, they normally wait a little while because they want to see pictures, right? Um, And they start wanting to meet. So the next day, we meet with them bright and early, 
and my mom um, shares some really hard news. She says, hey, while you're on vacation, we learned that I have stage four advanced breast cancer, right? And I remember I'm sitting in my living room. I remember right where I was. You know, I remember everything about that morning. And when you hear that, tons of emotions just flood you. And some of us have heard those words, right? Personally, some of us have loved ones who have heard those words. And you're flooded with anger. You're flooded with doubt. You're, you're flooded with just disbelief. Um, and, and you're even flooded with hope. You're like, ah, you know, it's a new day in technology. Pink ribbons. People come back from this. This is, you know, and, and it is in some ways. But for my mom, it wasn't. And, and her cancer progressed really quickly. As she was gone within three months. So we came back in August and she died on November 1st. And, and I remember sitting at a Panera with my pastor at the time. Um, a guy named Brandon. And I said, hey, Brandon... Right now, I don't feel like God is good to me. I don't feel like he has my best interest in mind. And I don't even know where he's at. Like, I feel like he is just distant. And like, he could care less. And Brandon listened. And really what was happening with me is my heart was longing to connect. I needed to connect to God more than anything at that moment. But my mind had lots of questions, right? And I was like, God, what's going on? And when we're stuck in that place, it's a hard, hard place to be. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're at some sort of crossroads of this idea of connecting with God. And, and maybe things in your life aren't terrible and tragic, but you're just struggling with this belief idea. Um, or maybe sometimes life is hard. And maybe right now life is hard and you're struggling with like, hey God, are you good? Are you real? Are you there for me right now? For Nicodemus, that was the struggle. And here's what I would ask you is, um, what is that next step? Recently, I was crossing the student theater. And I don't know, anybody ever been to the student theater in here? It's kind of this dungeon, you know, down there. It's dark. There's not a lot of windows. Um, and it was early in the morning, and I'm making my way across the student theater. Okay, and I make it about halfway through, and crack, I slam my shin into this low-lying table, okay? It's a circular table, and, and I'm in the middle of the student theater, pitch black, and I'm jumping on one leg, okay? And I'm outwardly screaming, inwardly cussing, because it's church and I work here, right? Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, ah! And my shin is completely numb. Like, it went numb as soon as I hit it. It was a very sharp table. Um, so I am stuck in the middle of the student theater, and it is dark in front of me. And, and it's a student ministry space. So there could be like dodgeballs here. There could be like a chainsaw, pizza, like who knows what's ahead of me, right? So I start that awkward slow shuffle that we do when we can't see. And I inch my way across the student theater and I make it to the wall and turn on a light. And of course I'm bleeding. Um, thankfully I did not break my shin as far as I know. Um, but when I think of that, I think of my journey at connecting with God has felt like that at points. That at points it's been awkwardly slow. At points it's been painful that I've run into things. At points it's felt really dark. But the, the fourth truth of connecting that I want to throw out to you is that it always involves the next step. That like, man, in the same way I had to keep taking little steps to cross the student theater, um, sometimes with fear and trembling at what I was going to run into. That, that's a great analogy for me about how my life at connecting with God has felt at times. That it's slow, it's awkward, but it's, it's always about that next step. And for Nicodemus, that next step was that nighttime visit to Jesus. That he had heard of Jesus, he knew things, but that next step was to actually go. Man, what is your next step? 
So think about something really awkward and uh, fruitless. Go back to junior high with me. Anybody remember that? Anybody in junior high right now? Any junior high students out there? No? Okay. Um, so imagine junior high, like the chills go down my back. Um, perhaps like one of the most awkward stages God ever made in development, right? Uh, you got puberty setting in, you got acne, you got the 12-year-old kid with a mustache. Um, <laughs> it's just true. We all remember that kid. Uh, you got the girl who like grows six inches taller over the summer and she comes back and she's like a baby giraffe because she's trying to like <laughs> figure out how to use her legs and move through, you know, and it's just, it's awkward. And the epitome of it is the junior high dance. Like, any of you guys remember a junior high dance? Like, they're in a cafeteria. Um, I mean, think about it. Like, you have never spent more time thinking about what you're going to wear to an event in a cafeteria in your life, right? Like, I remember just, and I was a dude, and I would spend an hour. Um, so I would slap on the cool water cologne, right? And, and I would head to the, the junior high dance. And my whole intention was to connect with a girl and slow dance. You know, that was kind of what my goal was. Um, So I would start, of course, my strategy was by getting as far away from the girls as possible. (laughs) So all the guys would be on one side of the room and the girls are over there dancing and having fun. We're like eating pretzels, you know. Um, And the guys, we would stare at the girls basically like the way your dog looks at you when you're eating bacon, right? (laughs) We're just like, girls, you know. Um... And eventually, though, like, the music would be pumping, and I would get up the courage, and I would make my way across this, you know, the cafeteria really, you know, boldly. And I would get over to the other side, and I would tap that lucky girl on the shoulder, whoever she may be, lucky in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> and I would, you know, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith, obviously, so I had a lot of good material. I would tap her on the shoulder, and I would say, hey. And she'd go, hey. Uh, I'm like, this is starting well. Um, and then it got better. I would go, so this is fun? Sure. You know, and, and at that point, I was out of my material. Again, I said I was a wordsmith. Um, so I looked down, and in my hand, there's pretzels. And I remember saying, they got pretzels. And she goes, yeah. And she turns around back to her friends. And I make the walk of shame back to the other side of the cafeteria with the other bachelors. And in some ways, I think of that, and I'm like, man, what a total and 100% failure I was at connecting with girls in junior high. Like, I danced with exactly zero girls in junior high. I did not have that going on. But in another sense, man, was it a success in that I was taking these baby steps of learning how to connect with the beautiful and awe-inspiring creature we call a woman, right? And one day, I would get fairly good enough at that where one of them would commit to spending her life with me, right? And we would stand up in front of God and our friends and family and say, let's do this for life. And if you hear nothing else today, hear this, that sometimes the baby steps of connecting lead to beautiful relationships. And it's so the same with God. And the last truth I'll share is a question that, what if connecting with God is like connecting with anyone? And that can sound kind of like a crazy, crazy thought. But think about it. What if it starts with just an awkward encounter and it leads to some, some talks about life and faith and pretzels? And um, what if it, instead of like this big momentous thing that it is just, a, it's a series of organic steps over the course of our, our days and our weeks and our months of life um, that deepens as our faith and trust in, in God grows? I mean, what about this? What if it's not about getting all of your questions answered on the front end, Right? 
Like, I think back to when Becky and I got engaged, and I, we knew so little about each other, right? Like, I had no idea what kind of wife she was going to be. She had never been married. She had no idea what kind of dad I was going to be. I had never had kids. We had no idea how collectively we would endure the ups and downs of life, of new houses and new jobs and parents passing away and hard moves and promotion. You know, like, we had no idea. All I knew is that, that what I knew and, and trusted in her, I loved. And the same for her. What she knew of me and trusted me, she loved. So as you think about connecting with God, I challenge you with that thought of like, could you take what you know and trust about God right now and just start walking and and figure things out as you go, right? Because you're not going to know what's going to come up 15 years down the line. Could you do that? Here's the good news, that, that God is 100% 100% into connecting with you all the time. That at those junior high dances, those girls were like 2% into connecting with me, right? And it just didn't happen. Um, but God is always into connecting with you. You don't have to cross the cafeteria and impress him with your dance moves or, or witty banter about salty snacks. Like, he's there all the time. And, and I would encourage you to, to think about that. And, and as we end our story here with Nicodemus, we, we don't know for sure 100% certainly that, that Nicodemus started following Christ. We have some indications, um, history and, and tradition kind of point that he did. But we have the account I shared where he visits at night. We have another account where he kind of defends Jesus kind of half-heartedly. Um, but then at, at the end of John, uh, Jesus has been crucified and his body is being brought down off the cross. And guess who's waiting for him? It's Nicodemus right? Like Nicodemus is there to claim the body of Jesus, and he's got a hundred pounds of expensive spices and aloe and stuff to anoint him and bury him. And think about that. What a risk, right? Like Nicodemus's team, the the Jewish leaders, had just killed this guy, and he's showing up and saying, hey, give me the body. I want to honor him and bury him, right? Like that would have been like one of us doing that for somebody on a foreign land that we had just killed, like crazy. Um, So for you, what is that next risky step? Right? For Nicodemus, it was a nighttime visit. He was defending Jesus. It became, hey, I'm going to bury him um, with honors. For you, what is that? For some of us, maybe we're with Nicodemus, and we've got questions, and we're not quite sure that it's, it's what we want. And, and maybe that next step for you was just showing up at Horizon, right? Like maybe there might be somebody here your first day where this was your next step. Well, we'll just keep showing up. Maybe a next step that's a little risky could be reading a Bible, Right? Like they're online. If you find one around here, just take it. We don't care. Um, start reading in John. That's what we've been talking about today. Maybe you've known Jesus for a long time, and you met him early on in life, and you're like, hey, you know, when I think of Jesus, it's like thinking about my old college roommate. Where it's like, man, we had some good times, didn't we? I wonder what he's up to these days. We'll reconnect. Or maybe like you're like, hey, I'm as close to Jesus as I've ever been. I'm so connected. Um, well, I'd say there's always still a next step. Like maybe the next step is like Mike or Simon, like getting involved and in teaching here at Horizon or you know, helping student ministries, help park cars. Maybe the next step is heading overseas with one of our partner ministries, like back to back. But there's always a next step. And I challenge you to think about what that is for you. For me, when I think of this idea of connecting with God, I really focus on the idea of uh, student ministry because it's what I'm paid to do. And on that side of the building, the same things we do here we do there. On any given weekend, there are multiple services for our 5th to 12th graders to connect to God in equipping and exploring environments. 
Uh, on Sunday nights, our high school students meet, and we cook dinner together. We sit around a table, and we have family time, and we talk, and we answer questions and talk about life and faith. Our 5th to 8th graders have a thing called Horizon Tuesdays on Tuesday nights where it is total chaos, where 50 to 60 of them show up. And we have different theme nights like parents versus students and and all kinds of stuff. And and we talk to them about, hey, what does it look like to connect with God? One of the coolest ways our kids connect here at Horizon, I don't know if you know this, but over 75 5th to 12th graders serve in East Station at Horizon (laughs) Think about that. Six dozen of our students serve in our church. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, they also connect through mission trips and, and our uh, worship teams. Right now, there's two student ministry worship teams. There's two dozen students involved on those. And, and there's a guy named Zach Keeling. And if you haven't met Zach, he's awesome. But he's one of our volunteers. And Zach called me this week and he said, Hey, I got a text from my mom. And she said, My daughter has been struggling to connect to Horizon for a while. Because it's like Horizon's kind of big. It's big enough where you can kind of miss. And she said, man, being a part of the worship team has just really been that for her. She finally feels like she connects here, like she belongs here. Um, And how cool is that, right? And the last thing I'd love to say is that, that students are, they are so different. And if you're over 30, it's just hard for us to understand. But they are just digital natives, right? Like, think about it. The, uh, the phone you have in your pocket, the iPhone or whatever you're carrying, like most of them cannot remember a time where those things did not exist, right? Like they just can't. And that's the way they take in information. It's the way they take in their advice, unfortunately. That's the way they learn about the world. Um, so as we consider this new phase of our church and this, uh, the video project, like know that somebody who loves students is really excited about this. Because for me, it's an opportunity for our kids to keep connecting with what God's doing in in ways that they use, right? Um, I I read an article recently, and it said this. It said, if you don't think that digitally connecting matters in church, ask Sears if Amazon matters. (laughs) Holy cow, that opened my eyes, right? Like, it's just the future. So it it excites me that we're, we're heading down this road with the video project. I think it'll be a first step of many Um, as we continue to introduce different resources and assets digitally to both us, us old fogies, and also our students. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to head out. I think we're we're about there. Jesus, thanks for today. Thank you for these friends. Thanks for Nicodemus and, and just that account of you connecting with somebody who was searching, somebody who was longing for more. Help us to, to take those next steps of, of life and faith. Give us courage to uh, take a risk and to step out there. In your name, amen. Hey, as you're heading out, we always have closing words. Um, if you've seen the Christmas tree out there, every year we do something really cool. We partner with City Gospel. We partner with Inner Parish Ministries, the Happy Church, Back to Back, Partners for Belize. And if you take an ornament off of that tree, it has a... Uh, a different gift on there, you know, clothes or bikes or different things. And you bring that back and don't wrap it because we'll wrap it. We got to do certain things with it. Uh, but it's a way to bless kids that aren't going to have a great Christmas, basically, through all those organizations. So if you want to learn more about that, it's on our website. Or you could see the ladies or the folks there at the atrium um, in the back where the Christmas tree is. So have a great day.